Sermon on the Mount. Now, today, as you see, evident in our title, we are, are looking at a very relevant and important topic today, worry. Aren't you all excited? Isn't this one of those, yay, all right, let's talk about worry. It doesn't always excite you so much to think about that here. Worry is something, however, that is so important to address, to talk about, to deal with, because if it, you haven't already dealt with it, some of you maybe are dealing with it right now, but most likely you will at one point have to deal with worry. I, I deal a lot with, with worry at times. Um, in fact, I've heard about some churches doing a new thing where they are hiring actually a professional worrier to be on staff. And I brought this idea to our elders, said, I think this would be really great for us to do. And they said, well, how much would that cost? And I said, they charge about 5,000 a month. And they said, how are we ever gonna afford that? I said, well, that's for him to worry about. <laughs> I thought it would maybe work out okay, but we'll see here. But uh, worrying is something that uh, we are going to face, if not already facing it. Seriously, worry and anxiety has become just such a major problem in society today. In fact, anxiety is the most common mental disorder in the U.S., and it's affecting some 40 million adults. It's, it's a very widespread issue. In fact, with all that we've had to deal with in just recent months here with COVID hitting and all the like, I mean, it has just only caused these things to intensify and to climb even higher. Anxiety, stress, worry is becoming far too common, and the, the consequences of it are certainly very disheartening. But understand, this is not a new problem. I believe, sure, that we have a lot of things in society that are, are working to contribute to these things all the more today, but this is not a new problem, all right? This is something that people have had to face all along. In fact, so much so that Jesus takes time in this wonderful sermon that he's given on the Sermon on the Mount to talk about this very important subject. So today we're going to look at some remedies to worry from the one who cares the most about you, and that's Jesus himself here. So we're going to look at a few things here. First of all, as you can see the title, stop your worrying, all right? Pretty simple, right? I mean, just stop your worrying, but how do we do that? We're going to look at some remedies to worry, and first of all, we're going to see stop your worrying because of who you are. We're going to see that in verses 25 and 26, and then in verses 28 to 30. Stop your worrying. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, stop your worrying because of who you are. It says in verse 25, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I love that. But first of all, we see in verse 25, the first word, therefore. Which whenever, whenever we see that word, therefore, we gotta ask ourselves, what is it? Therefore, exactly. So looking and tying this into the context that we've been looking at, uh, Pastor Rob last week was looking at the previous verses here in chapter six where the Lord was saying, listen, stop kind of living with such a focus on your life today and trying to build up things today. In fact, live with a much more of an eternal view. Rob talked about serving God eternally last week, did a great job. And, and, and so Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures not on earth, but treasures in heaven. 
There's an eternal reward to be had in that. Focus with that in mind. And then he ended with, you know, verses uh, 24, no one can serve two masters. You're either gonna serve that which is for yourself and riches or you're gonna serve God, but it cannot be both. It's gotta be, you're gonna, you're gonna love one, hate the other, you know? So choose who you're gonna serve. And so Jesus now, after addressing these things that we can be focused on, money, riches, uh, eat, earthly gain, Jesus now ties in and says, therefore, do not worry. Stop worrying about those things that have that only earthly view. Focus on other things, storing up, laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Don't be concerned with material gain. So that perspective in mind, what does Jesus say? He says, do not worry. I like that. In fact, he's gonna repeat that phrase three times through our text here today. Do not worry. And that word worry is gonna be spoken six times in these 10 verses that we're looking at here. Jesus is obviously wanting us to deal with worry and anxiety. Now, it's interesting that Jesus says, that as he says, do not worry, he's speaking this in the present active imperative. In other words, he's speaking these words, do not worry, kind of like a command that he's given. That's to be an ongoing action of following. Now think about that, right? Because we take a lot of commands seriously, don't we? When we hear do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, we go, yeah, check, got it. I'm on it, I ain't doing those, right? But when we hear do not worry, we tend to kind of soften that a little bit. We kind of go, well, come on, do not worry. That's not, that's not really the same categories. That's, I mean, we tend to hold a little bit more loosely to that and think, well, it's just a part of today, isn't it? I mean, that's just what we deal with once in a while, right? I mean, we certainly don't look at these other things that way. Have we ever thought of, of do not worry with that same weightiness as do not murder? I think we'd, we'd all tend to look at worry as just a part of life like, like it's to be expected. But yet we don't hold those same views towards these other commands that I mentioned, do we? And if you do, could you maybe just let me know? Because I think I'll limit my time with you a little bit more. If you're holding do not murder, I was like, well, really, is that, you know, did we really have to fall? If you're holding that kind of view, I'm going to be like, eh. I'll be avoiding you a little bit more perhaps. But so understand that this is carrying a lot of weight for us here. And it's important in the eyes of Jesus to where he would say, as a command, do not worry. In other words, what he's saying is, stop your worrying. People, you don't need to worry. Stop your worrying is what he's saying. Worry is not something to just shrug your shoulders over and think, ah, it's just okay. We need to stop worrying. And it's in the words of Jesus here. But Jesus doesn't just tell us to stop worrying. He explains for us why we don't need to worry. First, he identifies some of the more natural things that we tend to worry about. Things like food and drink, right? Things that we say are going to sustain our life. Now, we have a lot of options for these things around us where we're never really at short supply of having food or maybe a food bank to go to, areas that we can find help in these things. But think about it in Jesus's day when he says, don't worry about food. For a lot of people, this is a, an important thing that would have kind of consumed their thoughts because they would have had to, you know, pretty much grow what they were going to eat, right? And if things weren't producing, well, it's like, what am I gonna eat? My crops aren't growing. I don't know there's gonna be a harvest here. And it could cause a lot of worry. 
Now for us, it's not so much having to grow things, but perhaps it's how are we going to supply for these things? Am I going to have enough income this month to meet those needs that I'm gonna need to, to feed myself, to buy groceries? Perhaps it's those things that we can oftentimes worry about. Jesus also tied in our worry of what we're gonna wear, right? Now it's sad that we can often stress over these things. And sadly, it's not so much stressing over if we have something to wear, but more so stressing over, you know, should I wear this shirt or that shirt? The options are plentiful. Do these pants go with these shoes? Do these colors match okay? Like we stress over these kinds of things when it comes to what we're gonna wear. Whereas there's people all around the world wondering, am I even gonna have shoes to wear today? And we stress over these things. We worry about silly things. But notice what Jesus says. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, what he's saying is, doesn't your life and body really consist beyond these things? Is that what your life is really all about? It's just focusing on what you're gonna do to feed yourself, what you're gonna wear today? Is that what you're, is consuming your thoughts? Jesus says your, your life consists more. It, it goes beyond all these things. God hasn't put you on this earth just to be worried about what you're gonna wear and what you're gonna eat. God's put us here with, with purpose here. And, and, and he's gonna take care of those things. God has, has us here for much more than these natural kinds of things. And that's kind of the point of, of what we're getting to here. God put you here and God's gonna take care of you, right? Jesus gives a great example of that in verse 26. Look at verse 26 again. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Think about the birds. I mean, they're just amazing creatures to behold, right? Because they're just flying around, and it seems like just without a care in the world. They just get up in the morning, and they just go about, and they get their food. How? Because God's taking care of them. Birds aren't sitting there, you know, planting like worm farms so they have an ongoing supply, right? They're not growing sunflowers so they can have seeds to eat. You know, they're not harvesting these things. Jesus says they're not sowing nor reaping. They're not worried about these things. They just get up and go, there's gonna be food. Why? Because God's providing that for them. Birds aren't worried about these things. When's the last time you've seen a bird laying on the road with a panic attack, another bird like, you know, airing it out with its wing, like, it's okay, you'll be all right, Charlie. Just breathe a little bit. I mean, you don't see that stuff happening in nature because they're not stressing out. They know that God is taking care of them. And here's the thing though. What does God, what does Jesus say? Are you not of much more value than they? How so? Because you're made in the image of God. There is an intrinsic value on your life because of whose you are. You're made in the image of God. And not only has he made you in his image, but he's given us dominion over his creation. If God is caring for the littlest of his creation, will he not more so take care of you? Are you, are you with me, everybody? You catching this? Are you hearing what Jesus is saying? He's laying this down for us to say, what do you have to worry about? Look around you. Am I not taking care of all these things around you? Will I not more so take care of you because I've made you differently? 
made you in the image. My imprint is upon you, God is saying. And I've put you here to live out this life for me, for my glory. Do you think I'm not gonna take care of you? This is what Jesus is pointing us towards here. Now, we'll cover verse 27 in our next point, but let me skip down to verse 28 here because it continues on this point about stop your worrying because of who you are. And again, it's more than just because of who you are. It's because of whose you are. You're a child of God. Like what it says in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Why worry? The point here is why worry when the richest man or the richest king of Israel, Solomon, could not outdo what God simply did with his basic creation? He points us to now, not the birds, but just the lilies of the field, just the things that are just growing very naturally that God supplies, right? Lilies of the field. Think about the beauty and the amazement that's just found in a flower, the variety of colors that we see, the smells that they emit, not daisies, those things need to go, but the smells that most of these flowers emit, they're just, the, the creation of God is amazing. I mean, you can just even, you can look at weeds, you know? That covered like 95% of my property. Just the weeds themselves at times have just great beauty to them that God is providing, right? And yet he says that not even Solomon in all of his glory and beauty could compare. I mean, think about this. The queen of Sheba, who's already got a a bountiful, she wants to come and see Solomon and and she comes and visits Solomon and goes, oh my goodness, the half has not been told about the beauty of this guy. Like she's just blown away. And, And Jesus gives Solomon as an illustration to say, he doesn't even compare with the beauty that's provided in just the simplest of God's creation. The lilies of the field. Now, what's even more amazing that, that blows your mind is that all of these things now that God put such beauty into has a temporalness to it. He says, these things really are, are not lasting because they get gathered up and they're thrown into the oven. They just are, are, are put on fire. So if God puts so much thought into the beauty of these things that are temporal, is he not much more concerned for us who is eternal? Made in his image, but made with a future and a hope to be an ongoing relationship with God? That's not something the animal kingdom is concerned about, right? They're not walking around worshiping God, but we're made in the image of God. We're made to be in relationship with God and we're made eternal beings. If God is caring for the temporal things like lilies of the field, how much more is he thinking about and caring and providing for you who are eternal? Amen? Amen. You guys can go ahead and at times just shout out amen if you want because we're looking at some good things here. This isn't for my benefit, but just to kind of come along and agree with the word of God here. But there's great value. So what Jesus is saying, listen, as a child of God, there's no need for worry in your life. The only reason that worry would creep in is because we've neglected 
to trust our gracious and good heavenly father. In fact, that's kind of the point that Jesus gets at at the end of verse 30, right? When he says, what? Oh, you of little faith, right? That's where Jesus is leading us towards here. That's what Jesus identifies as really the issue for those with worry is a lack of faith. See, I, I believe worry and anxiety sets in because we've neglected to trust the Lord with our stuff. Walking by faith, listen, it's difficult. It means we need to relinquish control that we're yielding things to God. And that can be very freeing, but for others it can be very fearing because why? We like to be in control, typically, don't we? We like to have a handle on our stuff. And when we don't, when things feel like they're getting away from us, we tend to worry. We tend to panic a little bit. We stress out because suddenly we're losing control. But isn't that what faith is all about, is relinquishing control to Jesus, right? We like to have all of our, you know, eggs. I messed it up the first, eggs in a line, I said, but it's eggs in a basket. It's ducks in a row. That's what we like to do, right? We have our ducks. You put the ducks and the eggs all together in line in a basket is what I determined. I think that's what we need to do. But... We like to have control of these things. And the minute that they're not, we, we, we panic and we worry. So when Jesus says, trust me, it shakes up this order that we're hoping to hold on to. To trust something often means that we need to let go of something else that we've been leaning on. That safety blanket that we've been holding and saying, okay, if I just have this, I, I can feel like I can breathe a little bit. But to trust in the Lord, to, to, to walk by faith means we need to let go of some of those safety blankets. Say, I'm not gonna trust that. I'm gonna trust the Lord. I'm gonna give up this feeling of control to the one that has ultimate control. I'm gonna give it to the Lord. That's what it means to walk by faith. Worry, you see, is a way of saying, God, I don't know if you're able to help me. I'm not sure if I can trust in your providential plan in my life. That's what worry is ultimately saying if you read between the lines. I don't know if I can trust you, God. Remember, the sin of unbelief is ultimately what kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. They said, we don't think God can take us in. We're worried about those giants in there. And we don't know if God can provide. And it was the sin of unbelief that kept them from walking in the ultimate rest and peace that God was giving them. Jesus here is proving in our text that he loves us and that he will take care of us. And he's worthy of us surrendering our control and anxiety to him. It says in 1 Peter 5 or 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. That's the idea, isn't it? Giving it over to the Lord. Lord, I've been holding on to these things. I've been feeling like if I can just control it, I'll, I'll have a little bit more peace. But Lord, I understand that for me, to ease my worry and stress, I need to give it to you. I need to cast it upon you. And I can only do that when I know you do care for me. How much more value are you than they? Much. Here's another reason to stop worrying. We're, okay, 1040, all right. Number two, all right, first point, Stop your worrying because of who you are, more so because of whose you are. Second point, verse 27. Stop your worrying because it doesn't help. 
Look at verse 27. It's quite simple. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to a stature? That's the idea. What help is there when you worry? It doesn't change anything. Right? Now the idea here is adding one cubit to a stature. A cubit was a measurement here, like 18 inches. The idea is like, can you, you know, can you add any height to your, and trust me, I've, I've tried, I've worried lots about this. Lord, when is this gonna happen? I'll take 18 inches. Lord, give me that cubit. I need it. But no, I've had to give control over to the Lord and say, God, I don't know why you want to be so mean to me, but that's just, I'll trust you on that. But the idea is, is not just more so, you know, adding height, but again, that measurement, adding length to your life. Is that something that we worry about a lot? Is like, oh, I don't want to have to face death. In fact, death is one of those greatest fears in people. I cause people to worry and stress. What's going to happen? You know, I, I don't want to, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to deal with that. And we worry to try to prevent that thing. And you know what worry and stress actually does? It robs you of life. It takes away. The point is, stop your worrying because it doesn't help. It only makes things worse, ultimately. In fact, doctors and researchers say that stress is more responsible than anything else for almost every disease. That's pretty huge. I like what Sinclair Ferguson said. He said this. Your life is in the hands of your father. He has designed it. He knows the end of it from the beginning. He plans each step of the way to fulfill his purpose for you and through you. You will have all you need to fulfill that purpose. And when that is accomplished, you'll be taken home to be with him. Why worry when he has your life in his hands? Your worry is a sign that you do not adequately know him or that you do not trust him or have not yet yielded to him as you ought. Set that sink in. Are you trusting him? Because no matter what we might face, and, and here's the remarkable thing. Somebody reminded me of this. I was gonna mention the first service. Somebody reminded me of that. I think there, there was a, a study done, and I can't remember the numbers, but it was huge. Like in the 90%, like 95%. 95% of the things that people worry about never actually happen. We worry about the stupidest things. We freak out, we stress, and yet, it never comes to be. Worrying just doesn't help. Trust the Lord. Because no matter what happens, we're in the Lord's hands. There's a time set for our life from beginning to end that God knows. And nothing we do is gonna change that. Trust the Lord. And when it is the end, guess what? We're in eternity with God. We go from good life to better life. It's a win-win. So we've seen stop your worrying, first of all, because of who you are. Stop your worrying, secondly, because it doesn't help. Thirdly, stop your worrying because it hinders our testimony. Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now remember, the Sermon on the Mount is being given to Jesus' disciples. It's meant to lay out the character and the conduct of this kingdom of God. It's laying out the kingdom way for us. So Jesus lays a bit of a contrast here. The things that you might often find yourself worrying over are the very things that the Gentiles are consumed with. And by the Gentiles, we're talking about those that are not following God. It's kind of like the, the pagan people, another way to sort of 
you know, refer to that. So Jesus says, here's how the pagan people live. Here's how the Gentiles live. They're consumed with trying to provide for themselves. But it should not be that way for those that are part of the kingdom of God, for those that are children of God. You're to be living differently. Why? Because you're standing out in this world as a witness for God. Your whole life is to be lived as a testimony. And so if you're trying to point people to Jesus and you're riddled with stress and worry, what kind of message does that send to them? It's not good. It's not comfortable. People aren't going to be like, hey, tell me more about this Jesus. And, and you're just like, you know, trembling in worry and anxiety. Tell me more about this God. All it does is reveal a God that's powerless in your life. That's not the God that we serve. And, and thank you. And so we need to be living that life that says, man, I may not have it all together, no doubt. We're flawed people, I get it. And let me just, let me just interject here real quick to say, listen, I understand that, that you know, anxieties and people freaking out during the sermon in the row right there, stressed out over nothing but air blowing on them, can be very daunting at times. Let's just pray for Emily right now. Okay, no. All right. <laughs> just, okay. All right. Here's, here's what I want to just interject here, okay? Because I don't want to undermine things that people are going through because I understand that, that anxieties and, and, and worry is, is far too common and it's a very real thing that people go through that, that brings about not just you know, mental anguish, but physiological change in people. So I, I don't want to just kind of overlook that and just sort of you know, brush aside and say, oh, just stop worrying, all right? Even though that's the title of our message here. My, my point is this, is that we're going to go through difficulty, no doubt. And when we do, we need to come alongside people with compassion and grace and not just be like, oh, just buck up. No, we want to bear one of those burdens and pray w- with one another. That's we understand that we want to do that as a church and as the body of Christ. But what I'm talking about here in these things is really just being consumed with stuff and worrying about how am I going to have that? How am I going to have that? When we fail to just trust the Lord for those things, okay? So understand kind of the the, the nuances and the differences that we're talking about here. What Jesus is saying is, listen, you may not have it all together, but live a life as a witness to other people that by faith, you're trusting God. You're believing in him to take care of these things. And you believe and know that he does and he will. He's shown it in his creation. And we're of much more value than all of that. So he's gonna do that. So that's what we are, are, are getting at and wanting to, to look at here more so. So the Gentiles, they're consumed with those things we don't need to be. Here's what we're to do. Number four, stop your worrying because you lose perspective. Look at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus is saying, don't seek after what you think you need. Seek after God and his kingdom. Have the perspective straight. When we begin to worry about all these other things, God begins to get kind of, you know, blurred out in a sense. It's interesting that there was a, a stat done, and I, I probably will, will blow this here. I'm just going off memory here, but the amount of, of fog that can set into uh, like a city that can cover blocks and just coat it in a fog can be produced by just uh, 
like half a glass of water, a quarter glass of water. Just a little bit of water can produce an infinite amount of fog that will just you know, block everything out from sight. And that's kind of what worry does. Just a little bit here can cause us to quickly lose perspective and, and block out God completely. So Jesus says, listen, get your perspective straight. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Live out the things that Jesus has been revealing in this sermon on the kingdom way. In other words, let's see if I have this. In other words, stop worrying. Let me get that up there. Stop worrying about your little kingdom and start living according to his kingdom. Because when you get your perspective straight, you'll see that the things you've been worrying about really are quite small and insignificant in light of him. When you put God first and your desire is his righteousness, which is living rightly before God, honoring him, then you're going to find a lot less things to be worried about. So Jesus wraps up by saying again those three words, do not worry, which is the equivalent of stop your worrying. Stop your worrying. Stop thinking about tomorrow because it'll be taken care of when it comes. Focus on what's at hand today, and that's living this life for God and according to his righteousness that honors him, that's being a witness to those around us. I love what Corey Ten Boom says. She said this, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. That's very true. Now, I'm not so sure. I like the way that Jesus kind of wrapped this up with this last statement that he makes here because he says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? It's like he's saying today has enough problems of its own, right? I would have preferred him just to kind of say, listen, it'll all be okay, my children. It's all gonna be all right. No, he says, listen, stop thinking about the things to come. Just worry about what's in front of you because that's enough to deal with right there. But here's the reality, is that we're not gonna be immune from trouble and difficulty. But again, when trouble arises, we don't need to jump to worry. We rather take those as opportunities to say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm surrendering these things, these worries. I'm surrendering this control to you. I give it to you, God. I'm casting my care upon you because I know that you care for me. I love what Jesus says in John 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. That's the key right there. Understanding who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for you. Listen, to end, let me just go over three things here. Remedies for worry. Three words. The Father, faith, and future. The Father, understand that we serve a God who is good and gracious and he cares for you. Understand who you are, but more so whose you are. Understand that faith that we're to have, because our faith needs to be exercised and times of uncertainty are times to see our faith strengthened. It's times to see that God is good, that God is faithful, that God will see us through. Trust him. And then future. We're not living for this world, my friends. This is not what we're to be consumed with and worried about. This is all very temporal. Remember that. Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that there's hope beyond what we see around us.
There's some great verses in God's word about anxiety and stress and worry. Here's a few of them. We're not going to go through all of them. We don't have time. Philippians 4, 6, and 8. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Isaiah 26, 3, I love. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, 8. Again, reminds us to trust the Lord and how then we don't need to be anxious when difficulty comes. So those are just a few of many verses in God's word that remind us about how we need to walk by trust in the Lord, seeking him, experiencing his peace. And, and today, I'm gonna do something maybe a little bit different here today because I wanna give us opportunity to, to respond in a way because maybe you're sitting here today and worry has been a big part of your life. And, and I just wanna give you the opportunity today to say, Lord Jesus, I wanna give this over to you. I don't wanna be thinking about these things, worried about these things, stressed out over these things that, God, I know you're able to take care of for me. And God, I've been lacking faith, but today I wanna take a stand in faith and say, Lord, I give this all to you. I surrender it all to you. Help me to trust you and walk in the blessing of your peace. If that's you today, and that's that commitment that you wanna make before the Lord, I'm gonna ask you to do something that we don't often do. And this might be hard for you, but I'm gonna ask you to stand up. Stand right where you are and just say, Lord, that's me. I wanna make that commitment today to say, Jesus, I've been trying to hold control, but today I wanna give that control to you. I wanna surrender my stress, my worry, my anxiety, and I commit myself to trusting you. Help me, Lord, to grow in that faith and trust in you. If that's you today, and you wanna make that public declaration to the Lord, would you just stand to your feet right now? Worship team, you guys can come up here. And we're gonna pray together. And I'm standing with you. Because that's something I need to make before the Lord to say, Jesus, I give it over to you. I want you to have control of my life. I want you to take away any stress or worry. Is there anyone else that would like to just say, Jesus, I'm making that decision. Don't do it just because others are doing it. Do it because you feel that this is what the Lord, you, you want to make that commitment to the Lord here today. And you're taking that step of faith and standing up before the Lord. So Lord, I, I lift up my brothers and sisters here. I lift up myself before you because Lord, we need you. And this is such an important topic that you took time out of this great sermon to really address this. It's something that we deal with so much today in, in our society. And Lord, as Christians, we're not immune from these things, but Lord, we have the answers. It's found in you. God, you've encouraged us today in your word that we don't need to worry. In fact, you said very emphatically, do not worry, stop your worrying. And we can receive that because you've given us the reasons why the answers to not worry is trusting in you. It's knowing that you're good and that you have not left us, that you're present with us to lead us through every challenge and difficulty. And Lord, today I pray that you would strengthen my brothers and sisters, strengthen my life, Lord, as we stand before you and say, Jesus, I surrender it all to you. I give you my life. I give you my concerns, my worries. God, help us to trust you more. Help us to stop leaning on inferior things and rather to lean upon the God who upholds it all. So Lord, may we walk 
in greater measures of faith from this point on as we trust you and look to you. Thank you for this word. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together.